As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures. But there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Jay Armstrong, current co-founder at Massive Monster. So join us as we explore his journey. So today I'm joined by Jay. How are you? I'm um, I'm really well, thanks. How are you? Fantastic. It's a it's a busy time for all of us. Yeah, it's it's a great time. Um, really excited to talk to you. Um, I'm really glad that we could we could make this happen. Um, my uh, one of my partners in crime at Massive Monster did this uh, podcast with you um, quite a while 60 ago. Sixty episodes ago. Sixty as we episodes before the show. But it's actually it's exactly sixty, so it's like twenty two yeah, right and eighty two. Yeah, so I don't know what that means, but it's, it means something. Well, come one episode one forty one, I'll have to steal someone else on the team and we'll be <laughs> oh, talking about whatever the next game is. Because last time it was uh, Julian and I talking about, oh, jeez, we'd obviously been through at that point and we'd spoken about um, the adventure pals, but I think we even. We even were chatting about Never Give Up at the time as well. So, oh wow! I think if if I've got the timeline right in my head, I'm sounds, quickly, sounds right. feverishly uh, flicking back through my through my <laughs> notes in my book. But yeah, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, I Never was, Give Up still there. Cool. I was we prepared even to, to talk about Unicycle Giraffe in there along the way too. But that's that's did. how well we're going. That's awesome. Well, I was prepared to jump in there. If you couldn't get the names, I was going to jump in there. Like, never give up. Um, but Fantastic. yeah, I do appreciate that. <laughs> no worries. So this is Dev Diary, so you talk to developers throughout the industry, they share their stories, their experiences, and the journey that's led to this current day and date and exciting point in time. But Jay, before we get to all the cool things that you and the team are up to, I'd love to rewind to a point before the gaming industry, before any of the awesome games you've been creating and talk about some of your first gaming experiences. Do you recall what the first game was that you ever played? That's some a- of the first games were that you played? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I don't think we had consoles so much um, at certain, you know, kind of young age. Um, but we went to a friend's house and he had the Secret of Monkey Island on his computer, oh, and I remember being what a start. Yeah, I remember being so blown away by it that I went home and like drew a pirate map, and on the back I like kind of drew uh, different characters you could speak to, and kind of made a sort of paper version of the game. Um, it just really had like the kind of the free flow, those like Lucas Art games um where they kind of almost anything could happen there was kind of a lot, a lot of interactivity yeah. um i just it really kind of like hit me somewhere um so that was that was um really great um so that's kind of that's kind of my earlier ones that i remember oh look you're right anything could happen some of those some of those monkey island games and not to mention a whole bunch of the other tim schaefer point and clicks in that sort of era ron gilbert and all everything they were doing as well it's it's crazy some of the the weird combinations of permutations, like things that you collect that just would seemingly make no sense in terms of how they interact, and they do. And you might be initially frustrated, like, oh, you know, how, how does that work? But then you can't help but admire the genius that stems from that moment. So yeah, some fantastic titles, and Near Monkey Island's right up there with the best of them. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it required a certain attention span that we kind of maybe we had, 
you know, in the in then. But I feel like if I was sat there now before trying to play phones them, phones came along. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would last about thirty seconds before I had to look it up. But uh, that was kind of the joy of them being stuck for ages on one of those puzzles and then figuring it out. You had no other choice. Yeah, that's right. There was no option. A golden era, really. And now, not on, not only is there the going online looking for help, but there's even just the distractions themselves. I, without spilling the beans for people, I'm playing a game at the moment that uh, for a review, and it's fantastic. But I, it's it's a game on my Switch, and so I've got the phone there. I'm already kind of mobile because it's the Switch, and there's just so many more distractions when you when you can be <laughs> up and about you can go anywhere and do anything at any given point the phone's buzzing whatever it happens to be it's the attention span's shot these days i think <laughs> sadly <laughs> I, I feel you definitely it's unfortunate for that particular game but don't worry it's it's fantastic <laughs> i've just um, got to show more discipline i suppose on my end <laughs> yeah but take your gaming more seriously it's not supposed to be fun it's yeah. supposed to be hard work it's you know, exactly. supposed to focus it's not supposed to be I, I need to start crunching right that's how we're supposed to do these things <laughs> yeah just crunch crunch your gameplay <laughs> <laughs> we definitely do not condone crunch everybody how did your taste develop from there as you as you grew up and you got to experience more games and you know potentially other genres those sort of things how did your taste evolve um yeah i think then i you know I remember then I got like an N64 and um, and fell in love with Goldeneye completely. So I think, oh, like, awesome. yeah, I kind of went down more of those, that path of like, the, you know, the 3D games of like that sort of, that came with the N64 and then like, you know, um, more first person-y stuff and adventure games. And, um, you know, I, I have had like periods of my life where I've, I've been playing and periods where I just don't play anything or don't know anything about it. So I have yep. weird like patches in my in my like experience in my gaming vocabulary where I just have no clue but um there are moments where I've kind of been like obsessed with things and I kind of remember like Goldeneye and um GTA San Andreas and like big big games like that where I just kind of really uh really really loved um and um and then and then I got really into kind of um like simpler games like maybe this is the attention span thing where um so I got really yeah, yeah So I got into, I got really interested in, in flash games, uh, which were like, oh, yeah. yeah, little like web, you know, games. Um, yeah, mobile. I remember the sort. Yeah, they're kind of like mobile games, but they were in a web browser. Um, and they were like always, what was cool about it was it just really creative, like really weird, um, you know, little ideas here and there that were kind of explored and someone's worked on it for three to six months and then kind of put it out there. And then you click and there's another one and they're all free. And they're just some like really interesting ideas from really creative people who were just kind of, you know un- unrestricted and it, a lot of it kind of turned into the indie game scene we know now but it was also kind of a, a less of a commitment because it was just like a little fun little game it wasn't like a something you spend a couple of years making at all so um that's well, and that's, that's yeah that's where the likes of the behemoth for example came from with yeah uh, you know castle crashes and those sort of things their their origins are based in that space really yeah absolutely to, to use one example i think uh, tom fault who um was the programmer and you know lead developer on um cast crashes founded Newgrounds, so it what totally yeah. came out of that and i think he worked with dan powder and the artist and that's how they kind of came together was through community of Newgrounds. so um yeah it was like a big scene and um that's how i kind of got into game development in the first place was um tinkering around with these sort of flash games and uh, that's how i met the rest of the team and that's where massive monster really really started as well that's really really cool <laughs> I guess before we get to that side of things, though, um, these days, outside of the enormous amount of time that creating a fantastic-looking game like Cult of the Lamb is taking, what sort of games do you find yourself playing these days when you get a moment? 
Good, good question. Um, I would say up until about six months ago, a year ago, I just anything kind of indie that is on the Switch. Um, so, you know, Stardew, Dead Cells, like pretty, uh, you know, Don't Starve, pretty much anything yeah. like that. Um, uh, and like those are the games you can clearly kind of see in Cult of the Lamb. Um, because, because like you said, the Switch is mobile. So if you are kind of busy and you're running around, like the moments that you get to yourself, you can just pull the Switch out and immediately jump in. Like you don't have to wait for the uh loading screen or anything like that um of the, yeah, of just the platform instantly resume yeah exactly I, was, I think this like attention span thing is becoming a theme with me um i'm starting to get a bit uh, worried about myself <laughs> yeah um but I, re- I recently got about six months ago um an oculus quest 2 um, oh yeah okay I, I love it it's fantastic i really recommend it it's come like such a long way um i had like the oculus dev kit before before it all came out and it was just like you're getting nauseous like the the graphics weren't quite yeah. there but now it's really getting to like an exciting place and there's a couple of games i play with some friends um and during like pandemic and lockdown it really felt like you were with your friends because it feels like there's a physical presence you know um because of you're so immersive and so that was a brilliant kind of lockdown beta for me um so that's um, quite cool yeah yeah so highly recommend it it's, it's um it's been a lot of fun yeah, I, I haven't been able to try out any multiplayer sort of um, VR sort of experiences like that. I'm I'm planning on getting it. Like I've I've got the original PlayStation VR, and that's that's as far as I've waded into the VR space so far. You know, dabbling with a few demo experiences if the opportunity has arisen, but that's been the extent of my play so far. But you hear about a lot of these sort of games, and they do they sound fantastic, and especially during the pandemic and what those scenarios could create, as you just highlighted. You know, I'm, I'm pretty keen to try that out when. I, I do have plans to get myself an Oculus uh, Quest of some some variant at some point, um, or even the the PlayStation VR two when that presumably comes out later this year as it's marketed, and and kind of I guess check in again on get a bit of a pulse check on where some of these sort of experiences have have gone recently. Yeah, it's definitely come come on such a long way. Um, <clears throat> there's some really really brilliant kind of features. I think with the Oculus, you can tell sort of. Facebook has come in and, and given them sort of a big pile of cash to say, right, <laughs> make this really, really do what good. you want. Yeah, exactly, and they have, and the, and the results really show. There's some. Um, it's just it's just a great great fun thing, and it's like when you're sat at a screen all day. This is like a, this is still a screen, but it's it feels it's a, like it's not a screen. Um, and yeah, so, very different. Yeah, and um, ju- again, like during the pandemic, I was in Malaysia, and they were very strict there. I was living in Malaysia, and. Uh, and so we couldn't go out for a lot of a lot of the time like at all um so not even to exercise so this was a great way like you could put boxing game on or like snowboarding and you actually felt like you were outside the house for a while it was really great uh i I guess missed opportunity for me i suppose through that period (laughs) but i can catch myself up there's still time there's still time yeah exactly With, with or without a pandemic was there a game at all that you, or even a collection of games that you identify as being important to steering you towards your pursuit of game development? Now, we're going to get to in a moment the fact that the initial trajectory wasn't necessarily game development, but do you attribute a particular experience or a collection of experiences to that pivot, I guess, towards game development? Yeah, I would say, you know, going back to the, the Flash games, because I I had no idea that game development was a job. Um, I had no idea that, you, you know, how to get into it or it wasn't, I would say it was, I've kind of in some ways fallen into it, but falling into it sounds a bit passive. It's been a lot of work and, and kind of pushing, you know, really hard for a long time, but um, it wasn't what I imagined I would be doing. And, and like I said, there was periods in my life where I wasn't, didn't even think about video games didn't even, you know, completely forgot about them almost where... So for me to kind of think this is where I 
uh, end up going, I, I'm, you know, it's kind of surprising in a lot of ways. Um, so I would say that, the, you know, the way I got into it is really what the thing that, um, you know, kind of influenced me the most, which, which is again, these flash games, which, you know, you open an application, you doodle in it, and then you put some code in it and um, you can make your own thing. So it felt, yeah. you know, like a very DIY kind of punk, punk rock kind of thing. Um, and I would, so I would yeah, have to, yeah. So I'd have to say that the flash games are the, are the things that really changed my, my trajectory because, you know, I made one for fun and then found out that it was this kind of um, marketplace for sponsorship where I could actually make a living doing it. And I was able to sort of pivot my entire life within the space of a couple months by, by doing it. Um, and it was never the plan, but, um, yeah, so those, I kind of owe a lot to, um, to, to flash, um, and those games for inspiring me and, and making me want to try it myself. No, that's that's really really cool. But let's let's talk about that pivot then specifically. And obviously, we've just spoken about the games and the sorts of games that inspired that. But as as I mentioned, that wasn't the initial path. So you were working towards international uh, geopolitical uh, politics. There was <laughs> uh, you were at the London School of Economics and Political Science, the King's College in London. You got your bachelor's in science and then masters. Nothing when you when you just read those things out. Nothing screams. Oh yeah, video games is the the natural <laughs> endpoint for this. Um, <laughs> So you were so, going down that path. You've obviously had this collection of experiences, but how did you come to the conclusion that this is like, I need to make this jump. This is the right move for me. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely right. Um, I, I still don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, so I... But at least you've worked out, I assume you've worked out that it was a fantastic decision that you've made. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, so I, when I was at university, that wasn't even the main thing I wanted to do. I was actually trying to be in a, be in a, be in a band. Um, so, All right. Yeah, so I kind of every every weekend we'd play uh, a couple times a week with my band. Uh, we'd get on a, a, a coach, uh, like a megabus, and head up to yep. wherever the gig was and then get the megabus at 5 a.m. the next morning and arrive in time for the 9 a.m. lecture. Um, and we were you know, trying to make that happen and make that work. And... Um, when we finished, we got a, a small small deal to make an album and then go on tour. And so we did what every good rock and roll band does. And we got in the studio for three months, recorded an album. And just before we released it, we, we broke the band up. So, yeah, so we kind of, I kind of found myself with all this like creative energy where I wanted to make things. Nowhere to spend it. And nowhere to spend it. And that's when I um, opened up Flash and, and you know, the, the music thing is kind of close to the art thing. And so I was doing a lot of artwork and figuring out how to move my animations around and figured out if I could, you know, press this button to make the animation move and then add a bit of randomization. You're like, oh my God, this thing's live. And, um, and so, so, you know, university come to an end, the band come to an end. Um, and I was kind of figuring out what to do. And so I, I thought um, I wanted to pursue kind of this career in international politics or foreign policy or something like that, you know, something very serious, um, because that's kind of what I've been grown up to, to kind of talk to go yeah. after. Like that's, you that's have to do something yeah. serious like this. Um, and so- Change that, the world in this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I was on this track and um, so I pursued the masters, but the whole time during the masters, I was just getting more and more kind of distracted by the, by the, by the making games thing. And sort of by the end of the, of the masters, I'd, I kind of figured out how to make games and how to market your games and how to actually have a career. So I kind of came out of the master's degree and went kind of straight into game development. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I like to think that the masters taught me how to like think, and I had to write this huge thesis. So I kind of, yeah, the critical thinking component. Exactly. Yes, exactly. The critical thinking, 
um, taking information, kind of creating systems of it so you can make your argument. It's, kind of, it's not a million miles away from, you know, programming where you're taking data and you're creating systems and you're trying to make things make sense and you're trying to communicate to the player. And I, I kind of think there was a really strong link there. And I think it really served me well, even though the subject matter itself wasn't, you know, directly games. Apart in that respect. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so then, yeah, so then that's kind of how it happened. I was kind of pursuing three different things at once and, um, and it was the, the game thing that, that um, stuck around really. No, that's, that's really cool. And yeah, I've had a few, few guests in the past with, with stories that I guess like on paper you're looking to go, how did you go from here to here? Not, not dissimilar to what we've just discussed, but then when you actually walk through the process and you start to make some of these little connections, it becomes actually quite clear how, how one could go from the space that you're in into, into the game development scene and for it to feel at least somewhat connected or maybe maybe a natural fit is a bit much at first <laughs> it's not the traditional like you can see path. yeah it's not the traditional route but you can see how you might get there and that's that's really really fascinating um and so you obviously as you mentioned like you were doing messing around with a lot yourself coming up with some of your own projects these flash titles etc um as i was as i was doing my research i noticed 20 plus different titles that you'd worked on across multiple different platforms there yeah that's right um so uh, probably seven probably 17 of those were flash games and then there was um, a mobile game i did a game that went into the london transport museum um which which is really cool yeah being able to go and see the installation of the of the game that i created um and then i created some some stuff with the university as well so i was kind of really just looking for any opportunity um and just excited to create things and what was quite nice was almost every project I if I if I wasn't working by myself because I, I went in so that I could do the art and the coding and, and do the whole thing but I, I quickly found that it's way more fun and way more creatively productive to work with someone um, and so oh, for sure yeah and so most of those games I was if I wasn't working by myself um, or for like a contract then I was with someone different each time uh, which was really interesting because you really learn you know red flags of, of of, of like is this partner pulling their weight or you know oh my god this partner is brilliant and and they're making my life so much easier and they're a joy to work with um you know and so out of that um i, I found the the two partners at massive monster um through that process so um yeah so 17 would you say 17 20 games I, I, yeah, yeah 20 20 plus you've got listed as uh, just on the massive monster website in the about us section you've got 20 plus listed there it must be it must all be sorts of platforms it must be true then. Well, it's, uh, yeah. it's written on a website. You've got to believe <laughs> yeah. it. No, 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 that is that is absolutely right. Um, it's on Wikipedia, so, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's just really cool because you could you could, you could kind of try out any idea that you wanted, and there was like different creative people to work with. It was just like a really productive, creative, exciting time that um, yeah, really really enjoyed, and it, it really made me realize like very quickly like yes, this is the direction I want to go because I love pursuing you know like creative ideas and 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 working collaboratively and and having like a uh like a like a, a not a product but like something that you can point to and be like hey we made this come and come and play it and, and enjoy it and you know tell us what you think and um it's yeah just fantastic fantastic kind of time uh working on all that stuff so you mentioned along the way they're meeting many people that ultimately help you co-found massive monster how how did that actually that how did that encounter play out um, so, so yeah, so I have two, two partners, um, at Massive Monster and they both came out of the, the Flash days. Um, so, um, chronologically, um, I, I connected with Julian, um, who was on episode 22 of this podcast. Um, and it's been a long time. 
<laughs> Almost due for him to come back, I think. Julian, if you're listening, yeah, I'll, came for a chat sometime. Uh, You've been I'll, busy. You're working I'll have, hard. I'll have a word. I'll have a word. Um, so so uh, we met on the Newgrounds message board. Um, I, I think I just put out a message on the Newgrounds messaging board, like, is there any artist who wants to work with me? And I just made a game that was kind of weird um and you had like this octopus on your head um and it was called like kit in the octopod and it was like a platformer and i think it really resonated with julian because he's like this guy's just just weird as well um i think we're both as weird as each other at the time i think we're that yeah. quirky style quirky style yeah exactly and so he he messaged me and we just um started working on something together which we initially thought like let's make a platformer and we wanted it to have like some kind of animal com- companion like a banjo kazooie style thing and we, we settled on a oh, giraffe because yeah because yeah, I, I figured like you could use a giraffe neck as a grappling hook and that game became super adventure pals which we later turned into the indie game the adventure pals um and that game super adventure pals came out almost 10 years ago um in so in in like a week or two it'll be 10 years ago julian and i launched wow. our first game isn't that crazy yeah yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's full on. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Ten, ten years, feel, oh, that feels like forever. And we, I mean, we were talking again before about COVID and how long ago everything feels there, but <laughs> 10 years, that's... Yeah, so well, 10 years from Super Adventure Pals yeah. to, to Cult of the Lamb. Um, and so, yeah, pretty cool. And then I met Jim um, as the other partner and yeah. I met him at a convention um, in the UK um, and we had just released Adventure Pals. So again, this is like, you know, like nine, 10 years ago. And I think like he had spoken and I was a massive fan of his because he put out a bunch of games and I like asked him questions while he was doing the talk. And then later afterwards, um, everyone was standing around kind of having a beer as you do at conventions and someone just pushed a pint into my face and I just looked up and it was Jim and he goes, this is for Adventure Pals. I freaking love that game. Um, <laughs> and ever since then, we've just been like really hit it off straight away and we made a bunch of games together. Um, and so, yeah, like both of that. Natural came- fit. Natural fit, yeah, definitely. So both of those came through making Flash games um, and the kind of great, you know, creative people that were a part of that scene. Yeah, that, that's that's really, really cool. And so when, when all this happened, you'd obviously already pivoted into doing some small titles of your own. Were you, you, you were fully in at this point. You've, you've got a few individuals around you at this point. That's it. There's no looking back or is there still a little bit of hesitancy from you at all? Oh yeah, no, there was no looking back. Pretty much from the the first or second game I, I put out there, I think I, I immediately abandoned everything. It was just like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this because if I can put out this many games a year, then I can have this this sort of lifestyle, and that's good enough for me. That's what I want to do. Um, and I always like you know with the, like with the band thing, I was just want to do something creative where I could I could make things and uh, pursue my creativity and. Um, yeah, and just put things out into the world that hopefully people think are cool and that I, I enjoy making and I think are cool. Um, and so, yeah, very quickly, I kind of um, didn't didn't have a backup plan. Nope, that's that's awesome. No looking back. Yeah. Um, and, and it's worked out. I mean, let's, let's not beat around the bushes. Like everything that uh, Massive Monsters so far, at least you know, in my experiences, what I've, what I've played so far is, has just worked out incredibly well. So long may that continue, of course. We obviously touched on Super Adventure Pals and what became the Adventure Pals. You took the game to Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, we um, did. I, do, I don't know that I necessarily dabbled with that topic too much when I was talking to Julian about it, but what was what was that like when, you, you know, you, you've put out a whole bunch of smaller scale games like uh, all those Flash games that we discussed before. Yeah. Now you're going bigger because you're 
you know, you're putting a product out there, ultimately an unfinished one, obviously, at that stage, but um, you're putting a product out there, there's a, a proof of concept, I guess, that you've got at this stage, and you're looking for the world to get behind you in a way. What yeah. was that like as you were, I guess, even coming to that conclusion that like that was a path you needed to pursue? Well, I think it, it it's a really good connection from what you just said about like not having a backup plan, not having a safety net, was like we're a few years deep into this this thing and then the the sort of market for those um, web games sort of collapsed on yeah. us because because people were playing games on their mobiles. Um, they weren't playing, you know, they weren't playing on their laptops anymore. They were playing on their mobiles. And so no one wanted to pay for ad space. And so that very, very quickly like went from like, we, I think we had one game and we got um, a sponsorship for it. That was like what we'd expect it to be. And then the very next game, it was we were offered a quarter of the amount of money of what Ooh. we put. Yeah. And so you were just. And like, what would have been oh the God. turnaround in time between those two projects? Roughly. I think three, three or four months. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it very quickly, like, really ca- collapsed. Yeah, the bottom really fell out. Yeah, exactly. And so without kind of any back, I guess if there had been a backup plan, if there had been an internship waiting somewhere, you know, um, maybe I probably would have gone to do that because it was quite a scary time. Um, very scary kind of looking into the abyss of like what are we what the hell are we going to do um and of course back then it wasn't clear do you do you kind of go into mobile or do you go into console and both of those are a huge leap and it's different technology and it's different game design principles and you know they're both a different world and once you go one way the marketplaces work all of those sorts of things yeah absolutely and i think we just went well we 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 kind of always thought console games were kind of cooler uh than mobile games which are which are great but they're also you know, sh- more addictive, short-term kind of loops. Whereas, you know, yeah. consoles, you can have a big adventure. And I think we wanted to create big worlds and big adventures and things like that. So that's what we decided to do. And and so that's where, um, you know, the decision to take Super Adventure Pals to become the Adventure Pals was. Super Adventure Pals was actually, we were making Super Adventure Pals 2 as a Flash game um, at the time. And of course, like the bottom fell out. The bottom the fell out, yeah. Yeah, so, so what we did was we took our Flash game which was a real mess and tried to pitch it to publishers of indie game publishers and, and tell them like, we'll make this a steam game. And, you know, just please, can you fund us to, to make it? And um, obviously no one got back to us apart from armor games who, who eventually, who, who would publish the game um, because they had been a flash game um, portal. And so they knew us for like years and years. Yeah. And okay. Right. Them. Yeah. And it was already out there. They knew us, they trusted us to make something cool. And so they said, yeah, sure, we'll take it on and we'll, we'll, we'll do this thing. And they were looking to get into indie games as well. So it was just a really good time, timing. Um, so, so then we kind of scrapped Super Adventure Pals 2 completely and started work on what, what became The Adventure Pals. And we worked on that for a little while and we had some funding from the publisher. Um, but eventually it got to the point where, you know, Kickstarter is great because it's, you know, you can get some funding, but a lot of that funding is taken up with taxes and, and Kickstarter's fees. And then, of course, um, you got to make T-shirts and you got to send the T-shirts yeah, out. Yeah, the merch posted. that you commit to as a result. Oh, my God. It's a big, big undertaking. It's an amazing tool. But what we were really excited about was, um, you know, not just the financial side of it, um, which, which is, audience. I think, but the audience, exactly. Like getting a community, getting people into the game and telling us like what they were excited about and trying to make it like a bit more collaborative uh, with the game and the direction we wanted to take it with. So that's what we were really excited about with Kickstarter. And, and um, I think we, we did get that and it was really cool because we did a lot of stuff like, you know, certain people were put into the game who pledged a certain amount and yes, 
you know, it's a lot of fun stuff like that. And so it's, but it is like for anyone who's thinking of doing it, um, it's, it's a, it, don't underestimate it. I'd say it's, it's a big, big undertaking. Um, it took us two or three months full-time work before we launched it to just get the campaign together. Um, and then, uh, and then you run it for a month and every five seconds you're like refreshing or well, you don't need to refresh because it auto refreshes for you, but you're, you're <laughs> constantly checking like, you know, has it gone up? Has it gone up? Um, or has it yeah, gone down? I remember like I was, I was skimming through the Kickstarter before just, you know, quickly dug it up and you could see some of the posts there when you're about, I think one of them was about 70 hours to go and there was, there was 9% still needed. Like the, the, towards the end there, it was obviously getting, it was on the tightish side. It's getting real tight. Just, I, I, yeah, I can imagine at that point, was, was any sleep had? I mean, you're less than, at that point, 70 hours, so you're less than three, three days away from the conclusion. Was yeah. there much sleep at all in those final few days? Uh, well, I was also getting married at the time. So it was a really busy oh. time. <laughs> yeah, it was a really busy time. But uh, uh, but the other guys were keeping an eye on it. Although Jim came to the wedding, Julian was in Australia, so it was too far. But um, yeah. yeah, I think like everyone was like super stressed. And and then I think the you know the other thing is then you've got like t-shirts that don't arrive at the right place and all of that stuff. So it's, it's, it was like super tense. And, and thank goodness we made it because, you know, no one wants to not not make it because you know it, it yeah, kind of... fall just short of the line <laughs> yeah exactly so um thank goodness it all panned out but it was definitely like a crazy ride and we made this like video where we had uh, my my cousin play the the character from so we did like a live action thing and then we imposed animations on it and yep. we really went all out and it was um it's an amazing experience but anyone who's going to do it i'd say just don't underestimate how much work it is and um don't don't necessarily do it for the money unless you're very successful at it which is great but also you know do it for the community that that it builds yeah that's that's some awesome advice and i mean the game was quite successful in the end like beyond the beyond the uh the patreon side uh, sorry the kickstarter side of things something else on the mind there um <laughs> beyond the kickstarter side of it there like the the game was received quite well i must admit um i had a fantastic experience playing it at I couldn't even tell you what year it was now, but like the game was at PAX. I think it might have been part of PAX Australia, I should say specifically. Um, it was part of uh, one of the big the showcases, the Indie Rising, where where they elevate oh, there's a half a dozen, I think, different games and really give them a, an extra platform. And the game was there. I got to try it out there. Had a fantastic time. Awesome. I was really, really excited for the release when it came to, uh, in my case, PlayStation, where I played it. Oh, nice. Um, and chase chase down the platinum because I just I fell in love with everything that the game was doing. So, what oh, was that really like nice. as you get to have these experiences with community when you when you're getting to not not just those who've um, pledged their support on a Kickstarter, but yeah, those that you encounter at at events and those sort of things. Which I guess at this point feels crazy to be doing all these sorts of things, but hopefully <laughs> yeah. we're not too far away from doing them again. Yeah, I really hope so. Such a big part of the Adventure Pals. Um, like story for us was doing the, I was going to call them live shows, but doing, yeah, doing commu- um, yeah. conventions and things like, like, it felt like a live show where we'd sort of been working on on this, like an album for a while. And then we take it out and play it to people. But it's like, we've been working on this game for a while. And then we take it out and we, we, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Well, and we, we'd sort of stand back and just let people watch and just listen. And, and like, they don't know that we're necessarily there because we didn't want to influence them. But so much of that game is, is directly because, players were playing it and getting stuck at certain points or like just for example like there's like a little ledge grab and people were just kept like getting stuck and so i was oh that night i went home put the ledge grab in and suddenly people were having more fun with it and it really was like a 
a process of sculpting um, through through the live events. Um, and Julian did hundreds of them um, by himself, and uh, and I did loads, and Jim did loads, um, and all across the world as well. Um, we we were really lucky. I think Julian went to Tokyo. We we, we had it at PAX in um, Boston. We um we went to, i went to anaheim in california globe. yeah with a playstation event yeah we we got went all around the world like showing this thing off so <clears throat> the kickstarter was amazing but so much of it was just like you know getting out to the live shows and, and meeting people and we'd always try to talk to people who played it and find out what they thought and just try to make a connection and you know really really like hustling really hustling really hard on that game um and so it's so weird now where like we just haven't done an event for Gold of the Lamb at all. Like we just we haven't been able to because of COVID. Well, not so in the I guess not in the capacity where everyone knows knows what the game is at that stage. Y- you're right. Yes. Yeah. Referring a, a little secret play thing. test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's so that I mean that was such a such a big part of it. Like getting you know getting first hand experience watching people play and, and speaking to people playing and that that was such an exciting fun thing to do and it really shaped the game it really really helped us polish it and you know get its direction right so um, yeah i mean yeah. i i distinctly remember and you know I, I didn't know julian at this point and it was kind of just one of those experiences passing ships and didn't realize that you know later on we'd end up chatting and he'd be on the show and that sort of thing but like uh, i mentioned obviously the game was at pax there and i was with my then girlfriend and now, now wife but nice. um we like we dropped over and played and obviously the game supported some co-op there and so she drifted over and like there's lots of games that didn't necessarily speak to her she's not um like she's she's got a broad-ish sort of palette of titles that she plays but for some reason whatever whatever the reason was on the day she spotted the adventure pals like i like the look of that and so it was okay let's let's get in the queue let's let's try this thing out and and i distinctly remember and again not knowing julian at all at the time but we we finished there's an ear to gr- ear grin on her face, and just nice. on the way out, what, what did you think? And like she just, I, I, she's not the most talkative person in the world. She's she's pretty low key and and kind of I guess introverted in a lot of ways, but in that moment, just word vomit. Like she just had <laughs> so much to say, and you could just see. I, I just didn't remember Julian like a little bit overwhelmed by the whole thing. Oh, okay, yeah, this is fantastic. I'm just looking around, probably trying to scribble down notes and whatever oh, was so being good. said at the time, but like it, it just had that fantastic effect on her at the time and so i'd imagine like i mean that's just something that i i got yeah. to experience playing it but then got to to watch on as that that feedback was provided and right. i'd imagine like you, you're getting all of you are getting these these sorts of experiences at different sort of levels and scales around the world it must be so incredibly valuable i mean that that may, even now that like makes me so happy to hear that that's just so so awesome so wonderful like we poured so much of ourselves into i'll that make game. sure to let her know yeah please when do. We're done. That, yeah please that's so nice um yeah i mean it's just yeah it's great it's really fantastic and and it's interesting you, you mentioned that i think the co-op was such a big part of the of the appeal to the game um and definitely like this i don't know if this is your your case but it, there was often at these conventions there's like one of the uh, partners in the relationship is more into gaming than the other one oh, and, yeah. and that and look that's <laughs> ours to be fair that is still ours to, to be quite fair and mine as well um so i think the adventure files is really good at being like for the people who aren't so into games uh kind of like oh that looks you know um that looks really fun and it's just very accessible and easy it's not a hard game in any yeah. way and and the co-op like 
I think we added that because we were just like, why aren't people just putting in a second player? Like, why why aren't people doing that? And I think I just yeah, added it not? in really quickly and it became, yeah, it became such a core part of the game was, um, and it's been great for like younger kids, like the siblings playing together. And, you know, if they're not like, if they don't keep up with the, the other sibling, then they just kind of get respawned. It's very forgiving. And as a result, like, we've we've had like really a lot appealing. of happy people and it's just been yeah wonderful that really really awesome and you still get plenty of positive feedback around the game years on um yeah well actually we don't hear we don't really hear so much about it now but um it's drowned out by all the cult of the lamb hype right <laughs> hopefully hopefully um but yeah we, i guess we've we've um We've been very heads down um, with with Cult of the Lamb, like obviously not not going out to shows, um, but yeah, and not being able to kind of meet people playing the game. So we we've been very like shut away, and and we I think we were working on the game for maybe two years before before that announcement came out. So yeah, okay. we've felt like we've been in a cave um, working on this thing with with no idea like what do people think of this? Is this is this even any good? Um, whereas yeah, you finally got to see some light. Yeah, exactly. Which was a fantastic experience. Whereas um, the Venture Palace was a, the total opposite. Um, total opposite. But I guess before we get to Cold of the Lamb, there was Never Give Up in the middle there. So yes, ha- um, what, what was your involvement like on that one? So Cold to the, uh, sorry, so Never Give Up was a uh, another partnership with Armor Games, who who published the Adventure Pals, and it was more a kind of a kind of like um, again speaking to the the great relationship we we had with them and the history of of working with them for like a long time because of the, the Flash stuff, and and then they were really, I think they really liked the look of of the Adventure Pals and what we'd done with it. Yeah. Um, so they were looking for a team to make um, this game for them, and Never Give Up was a a kind of like successor to a very very popular flash game series called uh give up and um and so this was I again i don't remember that one specifically but yeah no, no worries i like might it, have had some experience at some point it was a long time ago and we actually we they hired us to make give up two actually um and so we made give up two and then they and then they kind of said well could you make the you, you know you're making adventure pals for us uh, sorry you're making adventure pals um uh, in partnership with us could you make never give up um and we'll do sort of a similar sort of publishing deal and um, and so we we had like at the time a bit of a bigger team, and we just thought, yeah, let's take it on. Let's. Uh, we we thought the adventure powers would take us um, six months, six to eight months, and it, it took like three and a half years. And so we <laughs> we were still. It's always like, how it goes, right? Yeah, we're like, okay, well, maybe another four months on adventure powers, and then we'll we'll get never give up going. You know, two two and a half years later, we're still like working on both of them. Um, so so that's that's where that kind of came from. Um, and again like it's it's it was interesting because it was a platformer so there's like some code that we could share across with the adventure pals tile-based platformer but it really i think the lesson that we or the thing that we learned was you know who you target is so uh core to what you're producing so or or what you're trying to you know uh essentially sell to people um so we had you know this really like we're talking about it there where you adventure pals is a is a game for people who maybe like attracted to or less into you know games traditionally and 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 so this is a really good kind of gateway game i think adventure pals and it's very accessible and welcoming and then never give up kind of had all this blood and spikes and yeah, it's um, quite inverse of that yeah absolutely and it was so similar to you know meat boy and other things like that where you're like kind of competing with these classics 
and you're kind of like, well, if you're not if you're not really really changing the formula up in a meaningful way, why would I? Why wouldn't I just go and buy Meat Boy? Uh, why would I yeah, buy? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and so that that was kind of a really interesting thing to to see, and we tried to differentiate it with like speed running and and all that sort of stuff, um, and so it was just a very different experience, um, and you know it wasn't it wasn't our design either, which was kind of um, interesting because then we could we could kind of see more clearly what is the massive monster DNA, what are the things that people are attracted to with the adventure pals that we don't necessarily have and never give up, and so again like that was also a great kind of comparison. So so we put yeah. that game out. I think it came out almost a year after the Adventure Pals, um, but we'd been working on them kind of at the same time. So uh, Julian and I were working on Adventure Pals and Jimp and I were working on Never Give Up. So I was kind of on working on two games um, at the same time. For, for, yeah. yeah, so it was a very, it was a lot of work. Um, and, uh, and so actually Cult of the Lamb is the first time the three of us have been on one project together. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. really, really cool. So... I guess this is a fantastic segue into Cold of the Lamb, but one final question before we get that. I'm going to pass up on the segue for a moment. Yeah. Um, you obviously mentioned an idea at one point there that you were kicking around. It might have been a, a Flash game for Adventure Pals 2. Has there been any, I guess, after Never Give Up, was there a temptation to return to that IP and see see what else you could do with it? Or do you feel like having gone through the, the process on what became the Adventure Pals that there was maybe nothing more to say or at least nothing more to say right now i mean i i still uh i still love the adventure pals i don't know why i just really love it and i think you could do more stuff oh it's like... incredibly endearing <laughs> thank you yeah i think you could do like different kids from around the world with different animals as well you could kind of take that and kind of build out from there and i think f- for me and also you know i've got a i've got a two-year-old um son so for me i can't wait for him to get a little bit older and play it um, whereas yeah. I think for the other guys, I think they're kind of like, um, they, they took it as far as they wanted to take it. And I think they felt like, especially after Super Adventure Pals, and then we actually made Super Adventure Pals 2, the full game. And then we made the Adventure Pals. And we also did like a little fighting um, Adventure Pals game um, yeah, okay. back, back in the Flash game. So I think we've done quite a lot with it. Um, even, if, even if like, you know, it's most well-known iteration was the final thing. Um, but we do get like people saying, you know, when we said like, oh, we've got, we're going to announce a new game soon. There was a lot of, you know, tweets and social media saying, I hope it's Adventure Pals 2. Um, so, I mean, I, that's I, awesome. yeah, I mean, I'd love to go back to it one day, but the other thing, you know, what I was talking about earlier is like the really fun thing about doing what we do is like creating something new and creating yeah. like a, a new IP and a new adventure and a new world. And, um, you know, so much of, you know, I guess we'll get into it. So much of a cult of the lamb is like a direct reflection of the adventure pals where where it's so much darker because you know we kind of recognize we wanted to do something darker and it's less kind of uh, linear because we recognize yep. you know so some of the things that we we that became struggles for us with the adventure pals we trying to correct with cult of the lamb so you know we, we kind of want to keep going and while we can st- we kind of said to each other like while we still are lucky enough to make our new ip Let's do it because that's that's the gift. Like being able to make new yeah, IPs is just incredible. So, you know, and we know a lot of people who who can't who, who can't do that. And so we, we feel really lucky and we're really excited to create stuff. And plus, you know, when you're working with Jim Julian and the other team, they're all just such amazingly creative guys that it's just you almost feel like you have to do something new, don't you? Yeah, yeah, because there's so much talent with those with those guys and gals. It's um it's fantastic. Like the whole team is just really talented and um it's just a very exciting people to work with so 
um, yeah, so I think we, we kind of want to keep pushing forward um, and, and making new things. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, just purely selfishly for a moment, fingers crossed maybe uh, one day in the future the, the right combination of new ideas comes together that maybe we see a, a sequel to it. But if not, yeah, the original is a fantastic title. And if, if you, the listener, have not tried The Adventure Pals, please make sure to do so. It's a really, really awesome title. So you'll have a great time. But thank you. That does lead us to Cult of Lamb, and it is interesting. You did you did talk about how, um, you know, it obviously made its big, uh, the big kind of announcement, or oh, however long ago it was now. But prior to that, I, and I guess it was an enjoyable <laughs> thing leading up to the the announcement at uh, Gamescom's opening night live. Uh, I saw the announcement like, oh, we got something to show. I'm like, I know this game. I've played this game. <laughs> That whole that whole lead up to Cold Land was fantastic. So, um, right. what was it like? The I guess the birth of the idea, and then as you mentioned before, kind of shopping it around in a really low key sort of way. You know, just presenting it out there at things like PAX Australia in in twenty nineteen. I guess the last time I saw you at this point. That's right. Um, yeah, that was the last time. What, so was that, that, what was that like? That was really cool. So I think what we were doing there was like I think it was even called like Sacrificial Lamb at the time, or it was called secret game three or something like that i i, I don't uh, know sacrificial lamb sounds that think, sounds familiar i reckon that might be the name that was presented to me at the time i think it was i think it was and so it was really like hey we're here to to kind of shop the adventure pals and never give up uh to people however we have this new thing and what do people think of this new thing and like taking that adventure pals lesson that we learned of like let's watch people play our game and not interrupt them and just see what we learn and see what they respond to um that's that was the plan and so yeah like you you played it as well um and i think you were really positive about it and we we had a lot of people yeah i was feeling really really good about it oh awesome awesome what's um it's come a long way since then as well so it's it's gotten even better it's gotten a lot better since then so i'm I'm really excited for you to see the final thing but um yeah and we we actually got some great advice from a lot of other developers who came by and um kind of gave us their their um you know 10 cents about it i think um Ari from Team Cherry said something that kind of really yep. stuck with me um, about the game, which was kind of we we had. Oh, yeah, like what was a, that? Well, we we were doing like a sort of very complicated, like don't starvey kind of crafting and building things, and and he just kind of said like he probably won't remember it, but he, he said something like, "I just want to have an adventure. I just want to whack my sword around and have an adventure." Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, and I was kind of, okay. the old keep it simple, stupid sort of idea. Yeah, definitely, and he was really excited about it. he was really positive about it and i actually really we really took that on and we really streamlined a lot of our things that we were trying to do to try and focus it down and make it feel like you're on an adventure and you're also building a cult and you're also placing buildings but you're on this kind of big big journey and so um yeah so it's always always super valuable to just get people to play it and just watch them and just and just keep quiet and just and just watch and listen <clears throat> so that was really exciting and what what had happened is um we knew we wanted to do another game which is awesome um together the three of us rather than like separated out and we knew because we we'd done um multiple projects at once and you know we had never give up and we had adventure pals but we were also doing some contract work to kind of keep the wolves from the door for for a while as well so there was like three projects on at once and it was just like you know i was kind of the only program and it was kind of really a big strain and, and it was very slow because i had you know bottleneck and um so we just thought like right with with games it's all about the quality and it's all about how much love you put into it so let's do one thing but do one thing really really well and all of us pour our hearts and soul into it and, and make this one particular thing let's stop stop trying to stretch ourselves too thin trying to 
trying to be too clever and make a couple of games and hope that that will do twice as well because you've got twice as many games that's not how it works it's yeah. like it's not have, an up, it's not a quantity it's a quality and as you said like a how much love you put into it thing exactly so you've got a hundred percent if your time is like a hundred percent and you've got two games you you know it's 50 50 those games are only half as good as they could be or or probably with adventure pals and never go it's probably more like 80 percent, 20 percent kind of thing but um yeah. y- you know um it's we just wanted to give it like everything and so we took the lessons of adventure pals which was like <clears throat> i think in some ways it was great it was so light because it attracted some people but it definitely also put off a lot of other people as well we, we noticed that we got a lot of like oh it's just a kid's game um and, and sort of feedback like that and that was kind of sad because we you know we wanted everyone to enjoy it that was the whole point um so we kind of wanted to go darker but everything we do is cute there's nothing we can do about it we just have yeah. to accept that everything we we have is, is cute so we kind of created this dark cute aesthetic which um i think is really fun it's really, really cool. quite appealing just to be clear <laughs> okay. on my on from my side anyway i should say fantastic oh i'm really glad to hear that well, um, I guess last I, last I played it anyway, it's been, it's been a few years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's it's still showing really well, I guess, in all the trailers that we've seen so far. So, in terms of you know, I guess supporting that opinion that I've got established at this stage. So, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure well, nothing's changed. Um, good. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, I'm really excited for you to see more of it. If um, yeah, because it's as I say, it's it's come a long, long way in the last couple of years, and I'm, we're really excited about it. We're really proud of it, and um, yeah, so it's it's really exciting. Um, so yeah, so there were some other things like um, Adventure Pals again is like um, um, it's like a, a story. So once you consume that one piece of content, that's it. You've got to go to the next one. And so yeah. um, I think it's like a 12 hour game. And so that was like 12 hours of story kind of had to write. Um, and so we wanted to do a bit more sandboxy, a bit more, re- not like reusing content, but like more, you know, more sandbox, like city yeah. builder kind of sandboxy stuff. And of course, um, you know, those sort of roguelikes uh, we were trying to marry the kind of roguelike thing where it's kind of you can do combat forever with the kind of sandboxy thing where uh, sorry city builder where you could sort of build a base oh, yeah, forever yeah. and we just thought there are these two different genres and you know why don't we sort of put the, ch- the chocolate and the peanut butter together and make something really special <laughs> and we we've been playing a lot of stardew valley and there's that thing you can do where you go into the mines um and you go down the elevator i don't know if you've seen it yeah and- yeah yeah i'm familiar yeah i mean I look for some reason stardew valley didn't stick with me like it did a lot of others and that's coming from someone who's a big sucker for for farming sims so for some reason stardew valley never quite clicked but at the same time yes i do 100 percent know what you're referring to yeah i mean definitely it's 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 very you know it's very um stylistic in its way and i think that maybe doesn't resonate with everyone it clearly resonates with a huge amount of people but, but oh, not with sure. everyone um but yeah there's a thing you can do where you, you can go down into the mines and clear clear a level of slimes and then go down and get some rewards and then go further down and clear more and it's essentially kind of like a dungeon delving like, dungeon, dungeon crawler yeah it was yeah it was and then you would go back and build up your farm i just thought this is such a brilliant combination but of course it's stardew valley so the combos and the, and the animations are very simple but what if we really took that and um that that idea and really kind of ran with it um, and so that's kind of where the project started from. So um, I created a prototype and then took it to the other guys. <clears throat> it might have been the packs before. And then yeah, that okay. packs that you saw it, the other guys had managed to put some work into some of the artwork and, and yeah. a, well, I say a lot of work into the, the direction and the character design and um, and the I guess the design of the IP and things. And, and that's kind of, that was that journey there. So I, I kind of, set up this kind of roguelike dungeon crawling and then a sort of base building thing and try to kind of merge them together. So the cult thing came much later. 
Yeah, okay. Um, uh, I mean, I certainly, like, I guess referencing again that demo and how it even evolved up to that point, like, I distinct, I can still, even though things have changed so much at this point, and I haven't played it since, I still quite distinctly remember that loop and feeling really, really engaged by that loop. And obviously there was kind of a hard cut off. Okay, this is this is all we've got ready at this point. We'll, we'll have to, you know, cut things here. We ran out of content. But, like, I, yeah, exactly. And obviously that's, that's what happens when a game's in a really early state like that. But obviously, like, the, the art that had already spoken to me i was i was re- i really enjoyed everything that was done with the venture pals and how it translated here into this into this darker tone but again with kind of that cute aesthetic at the same time really 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 worked but yeah that gameplay loop which i i'll admit is not something that usually usually keeps me hooked for a long time um it was here like i i want it was i was disappointed that there wasn't more because i would have loved to have just <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Anyone else who rocks up, you go play Adventure Pals and go away. Uh, no, you never give up. I'm gonna stick with this. No, go away. It's my turn. I want to play. <laughs> um, I was I was really really into it, and obviously it was a shame that there wasn't more to play at the time. But it's it's a loop that really had me hooked. So now again, just looking at it purely as a a consumer at some point down the line of the game, I'm I'm excited to see how that formula has evolved since that point. That's very kind of you to say. Uh, very, very kind indeed. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I guess, I mean, that, as I say, that's great to hear. And 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 the things that we kind of took from from that point forward was, you know, tr- just kind of streamlining and iterating and iterating and, and iterating and iterating. We we got so much with this game that's on the on the cutting room floor. I'd say sort of sixty five percent. There's another game there. <laughs> is, yeah, there's another game there. Is stuff that we've we've scrapped with this one because it's yeah right. Be, yeah, because. You know, it it sounds like a really obvious combination of sort of roguelike and and to be honest, it's not it's not really a roguelike. It's more like a dungeon crawler and a kind of base. But you think like, surely that's been done a hundred times before. It it hasn't really. Um, and so we've had to kind of um, break. And I'm sure that there are some great examples of it. But in it's actually quite hard to find a lot of stuff that that's doing it kind of the same way we're doing it. So we had to really figure things out like. You know, going back to Adventure Pals, never give up. They're kind of platformers, and and you know, Adventure Pals is very kind of Zelda-y platformy, and um, you can see uh, the DNA. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. And so you kind of have that structure already in place, and it's just like, okay, well, how are you going to make it your thing, and how are you going to make it interesting characters and interesting combos and interesting levels and places to go and stuff. But in, but you know that hey, there's an overworld map, there are towns you get quests in, and you're going to do like five levels, and the, you know that's all there for you, kind of ready to go. But with this game we really really struggled for a lot of time because you know with a roguelike you go and go and go and go and then you're killed and you go back and hades is quite a good example where you you kind of keep going but then you come back to your 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 hub world or whatever and you kind of build build it up slowly but they don't have like a a simulation of of followers who are you know waking up and working and need to be fed and and go to go to temple to like uh listen to your sermons and so we have this like really deep um base simulation layers yeah yeah exactly so we have this yeah we have a space simulation going on and so you you're out there in the in the forest of you know sort of dungeon crawling and uh you get a notification that someone's hungry and then and then suddenly they're starving and you're kind of oh well i want to keep going but i've got to get back because i've got to feed this person and um and so it's just been really interesting and yeah it's just been really interesting kind of figuring it all out and so at what point and you mentioned earlier that you know there was little projects in the meantime to to keep the walls away from the door at what point did devolver get involved involved because that's 
they're, they're obviously a huge indie publisher and certainly I'd imagine have made life a lot easier in a number of respects. So at what stage did they get involved in the whole project? You obviously spoke about, you know, there was there was kind of uh, periods there where you're racking your brain and struggling a little bit to try and work out what direction you needed to go in. Mm. Did you have that devolver support at that stage or was it really only after the game, I guess, found itself? Yeah, I think, I think the thing the, that you... The partnership was made. Yeah, no, I think the game has only just found itself quite recently. Um, yeah, okay. so, yeah it's, so the thing that I think the thing that you played um, at PAX was what we then took we kind of then took that away and worked on that some more and then we took that to publishers um, to try and get some funding and of course because we had what was so nice was because we had two games behind us um, and we had you know this game looked really unique and really cool we actually like we it's the opposite. I told you about the Adventure Pals. No one was interested. Um, in this oh, case, you had like, a lot of interest. This time. We had we had a lot of interest, and it was so fantastic. And it it was kind of um, a shame because there were a lot of big publishers that we would have loved to have worked with. But um, in the end, um, it just it just worked out that Devolver we felt was the right one for this game, and um, it it was it was um, it, it was kind of a funny thing where we I'd been trying to kind of. Uh, trying to connect with them. Um, I, I actually won, um, a, a, I was named a BAFTA Breakthrough Brit. Um, yes. And yeah, and so I was able to invite people to uh, to come to the ceremony. Uh, and I invited uh, w- one of the guys from Devolver. Um, and so when I reached out to them, I kind of mentioned that. I was like, oh, I invited you to the thing. And um, and, and I, I actually realized, like, oh my God, I don't have this person's email address. So I just guessed it. I just guessed, I used oh, their first really? name at devolver.com. It went through. I got a reply the next day. <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome! Yeah, it wasn't that great. And so I think they said something. We won't, like, we yeah. won't announce who that person is because we will totally throw them under the bus here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we, we can cut that bit. But yeah, it, it was. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so yeah, so they they got back to us and were kind of um, like, oh, thanks for this, blah blah. And then the next day they got, they were, I think they'd actually taken a look at it and like, we want to speak to you on Friday. Um, and everything happened really quick. They were they they totally got it. They were they were brilliant. And of course for us it was kind of like, you know, we were a little bit starstruck because we we're like, oh my god, this is Devolver. You know, we we love everything they do. Um, and they obviously have a lot of high profile titles and um, it was just really cool. And and it just kind of it, it all happened very quickly. Um, and so it, it, I think we, if, if it was October, you saw the demo, um, my son was born in January and then I think we started working with Devolver in, in May, uh, March. Yeah, so right. Was, Bit of so a whirlwind. Busy six months. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy uh, six months for you in particular. <laughs> yeah. So kids aren't easy at the best of times, let alone with all those plates that you're spinning. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, not to so, mention, I guess, yeah. And then early 2020, so a pandemic rolling along as well. Yeah, the pandemic had just hit uh, when we started speaking to them. So we didn't know, like, what's going to happen to the gaming industry. And, and you know, things were getting cancelled, like PAXs were getting cancelled. And, and so we didn't know if they were going to get nervous and, and or if publishers in general were going to be nervous and close things down. But it, it seemed like the opposite. And actually, the opposite is true, where games really had a, a big... They thrived. They really thrived because you're, you're stuck inside playing video games all day, which is great. Well, think- um, it's a weird one, but I almost feel like, and admittedly, this is the AAA side, of the spectrum but i think for that whole period and what yeah potentially what it meant for for publishers and what investments they did or didn't make i think one of the best things for the industry was actually animal crossing when it came out and how it just took the world by storm and it was the perfect fit for everyone who was kind of cooped up at home and that sort of thing that even if you didn't like the game so much uh, you know it wasn't necessarily for you the way it 
just swept over everyone and just consumed everyone in various capacities um perhaps show the world that yeah okay like in this instance people are turning to games and this is this is a great opportunity to introduce people to other ideas um and that seems to have borne fruit in the years since yeah absolutely I, I remember that as well it was just the biggest i think it was one of the biggest launches of all time it was it was huge um oh, still massive yeah, now still massive. you're right it is still massive now and and as a result like yeah as you say like it kind of showed like hey games are still going strong and it's a great thing to do when you when you can't go out and do other things um you know it's you know it's always a great thing to do of course but um particularly it was it was just really good timing and it, i think like you said it was perfect kind of relaxing kind of domestic kind of game where you could kind of chill out and kind of escape the kind of crazy world uh that yeah. we were in at the time um and it's still there in. yeah it's, it's it's still massive i guess another another big thing so devolver is obviously a huge a huge partner to have in this case and then and again this is i guess where the moment of me kind of sitting there pointing at the screen going hang on a second i know this uh was before the gamescom opening night live announcement or the, I guess the lead up even to the, the Gamescom opening night live announcement you started teasing them we've, we've got a game to show <laughs> where did uh, where did Keeley come along oh yeah so that was just really really mind blowing um, Keeley um, that was all kind of handled by Devolver who, who were amazing yep. and, and kind of have have connections everywhere um, they just kind of said to us hey by the way we're going to announce this at um, opening night live and jeff kitty's going to announce it and it's happening in in a, in a month or so and we were just like wow fantastic that's great and uh, <laughs> not well, many better better or bigger stages than that i yeah i mean i was looking into the numbers and i just couldn't couldn't get my head around how how big a thing it was and what a what a step up from what we were used to and and just also like i said we've been doing it in a cave this whole this whole time where we just have no idea what what are people going to think are people going to like it you know we, we think it's cool but you know what are people going to think and are they you know are they going to get the wrong impression and you know etc etc all this all this so silly what was that day like noise. then because i saw a lot of buzz just in my little echo chamber on the internet i saw a lot of buzz around your game specifically more than a lot of others i must admit um and there was obviously some big triple a franchises there as well but Yours was a title that just kept popping up in conversation. So, what was that like on on your ends? I guess not just not just you, but the rest of the team as well. What what was it like to presumably have Twitter feeds starting to back up and <laughs> yeah. uh, emails possibly rolling in and all those sorts of things? What was that whole period like for you? It was, um, yeah, it, it was it was pretty it was pretty overwhelming. overwhelming. Yeah, overwhelming <laughs> yeah. is the word I'm looking for. But in, a, in such a positive way, in such an exciting way and yeah we we noticed that as well we noticed that like people were really talking about it and what was really cool was the very you know a few hours later we got our first piece of fan art and there are people who've been doing a fan art every day since then and will do it until launch and we've never had anything like that before and so i just loved like scrolling through twitter finding all the fan art and just like seeing people talking about it and um just like the positive reactions and it just felt yeah felt really exciting and really great and actually to to be quite honest it, it was a bit scary as well because we all thought oh my god now we actually have to make a now we can't we can't screw this we can't up. screw this up yeah exactly at least if no one knows about us it's okay but we you know so there was that as well so i think we've, we've got this kind of bad habit of being like a quick moment of like yes that's exciting and then like okay well now we just have to work harder um yeah. but i i'm so like grateful and excited about how it went down and i'm really excited about sharing more because it was a one minute i think and and 30 seconds of yep. that is an is an animation um which uh 
Half was produced by a company called Half Giant, who are just phenomenal. We love them, and um, we hope to work with them for for as long as possible because they're just so cool and so great. Um, and so, and then the other half is was gameplay, and so. You know, we tried to explain as much as we can. We we put so much work into every moment of that. We went of that that uh, trailer. We went frame by frame, and like, and we're like, oh no, that there's a little glitch there. No, nope, we have to re we have to fix that glitch, and we have to refilm it. And, and things like you know, we spent ages looking at like, okay, what's the hit impact like in that frame? And we genuinely went frame by frame through every every yeah, scene of it. Yeah, just to make it's it the as big moment, as right? Yeah, we I guess we we just wanted to make sure we put our best foot forward. Yeah, it's the big coming out party, so I guess there's that extra incentive to make sure that you make you know, every every moment a winner, and and you did. The, it looked fantastic, and I was thrilled to see it again. And I was I was very excited, like, <laughs> yeah, having having played the game previously, and then saw the little bit of teasing coming up. That, okay, we got a new game for Massive Monster, and you, like there was, I guess some I can't even remember exactly now, but some little screenshots. It was I guess tone, tonally married up with what I had in my head. So I'm like, I, I think it's coming back, and I was I was very very excited to see it eventually show up in the show you called it itself but um yeah absolutely yeah it must have been must have been incredible to get all that sort of feedback from the from the community afterwards and clearly it's yeah it's built something that's as you mentioned you're getting uh fan art on a weekly now so that's that's really really cool yeah it's it's brilliant you mentioned um trailers you mentioned animations and we'll dive into a section here that is dedicated some brand new news that's dropping around about the time this episode goes live you've got a really cool announcement relating to the game so i won't i won't spoil that uh what's what's the big news <laughs> well uh we are putting out another trailer which should be out which will be out by the time this this goes out um and in that trailer we are revealing that we are not only coming to console but we're coming to every single console so we're, we're coming to switch we're coming to playstation we're coming to xbox uh, and of course pc and mac and so uh, the game is going to release simultaneously and it's going to be absolutely everywhere um and, and that's really awesome yeah we're really excited about it um so if you've got something that plays video games the chances are you'll be able to play cult of the lamb when it comes out that's that's fantastic and that, that comes paired with a new trailer a new animated trailer from from what we were discussing before the show Yes, so that that comes uh, another animated trailer by Half Giant, who who did the first half of, of the uh, announcement trailer. Um, it's just it's just a cinematic trailer, so we, we won't have any new gameplay reveals. Yeah, okay. Um, but you know, it's it's um, it's a kind of exciting enough and it kind of you'll see a bit more of the lamb and 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 the cult and um the, the characters a bit more and um and they you know they do such a good job of capturing the game that even though it's not gameplay footage it, it's it's very true to the game. No, that's that's cool. I'm I'm thrilled to hear that. Do we by chance have uh, whether whether represented in the trailer or just kind of I guess on a whiteboard somewhere um, on the development side? Do we have kind of a targeted window that is being aimed for without being too specific? I suppose we uh, we we don't have. Well, um, hang on. Let me just think how to phrase this. Sorry. Um, no, that's fine. Uh, right now, we, we don't You've have one. We, we have like a, a general area that we're aiming for, and, and we internally we have a lot of um, tight development uh, deadlines at the moment that are all kind of coming up, um, and so we're, we're kind of crunching at the moment. So while we don't have um, you know a, a rele- release date or anything like that, we are moving very fast with things, and uh, things are really coming together, and it's definitely a very very exciting time with the game at the moment. No, that's that's great to hear, and. Um 
well, people ho- hopefully by now, if, if they haven't pu- already paused this episode and gone and checked out the new trailer and uh, all the details around that, then please pause the episode and go and do so now. <laughs> but um, like that's that's really, really cool. And I, I'm, I'm personally really excited. It doesn't matter whether it comes out this year, next year, tomorrow, five, five years from now. I'm, I'm going to be really excited for the game regardless of when that when that release date happens to um, eventuate. But uh, what, what's it what's it been like when you know again leading up to I guess you this is another big promotional blast. Well, I guess is this the first one really since since the opening night live showcase? Is there yeah it is, is there a you know, how do we how do we back up that that showing? Like obviously you've got the the same studio on board to help with the animation again, but you know, is there a, is there a bit of fear of oh we're we're going again? Like can, can we can we <laughs> match what we did last time? Is how's the internet going to feel this time around? Yeah, I, um, yeah, great question. I, I think that this is, um, it's more about the news. It's more about getting the message across. And then we have some more exciting stuff to reveal, um, you know, down after that. Yeah, down the line. So we kind of, we're kind of, you know, holding back a little bit with this one in terms of what we're, what in terms of the game itself. But, you know, just this, just the news that it's going to be, you know, on all these platforms um, is, is really exciting. And, you know, it's a huge kind of technological, you know, in terms of, game development side of things it's a huge kind of challenge um but you know we did it with the adventure pals as well so we're we're kind of excited to be doing it again um but yeah it's it's um it there is that also that kind of feeling of like oh i just can't wait to get more information out to people and i can't wait to kind of spread spread the gospel of the lamb you know to as many people as possible um so yeah there's definitely some excitement um in in the team like we're all really can't wait to kind of get it out there and hopefully yeah kickstarts a bit more conversation as well because it has been a little while since opening night live um and we hope that it kind of is tied up with like kind of building momentum um as we move things forward this is just the tip of the spear so people should get really excited for whatever else is to come somewhere after this new animated trailer and our console announcements absolutely get get excited get excited i am so (laughs) as we start to wind things down um because there's there's still a lot of unknown around the game and we can't we can't delve into too much of that because i'll get you in trouble um so let's let's zero back in on on you again as we start to wind things down is there anyone out there that really inspires you and in the way you go about your work you've obviously you've mentioned a number of different names from ari at team cherry to to several others over the journey is there anyone out there that you've worked with or you look at from afar that really inspires you in the way you try and try and do your work on it, whether it's on the programming side or on that broader i guess your whole studio sort of perspective yeah, I I would say like you know it it sounds super cheesy, but I'm just really excited about the the team that we have at the moment. Where yeah. you know every every day I kind of wake up and because we're all on different time zones, so there's always stuff happening all the time. So you wake up and there's a, some videos of some new stuff we've been working on, or um, you know some kind of new features gone in, or you know whatever. It's just really exciting to to kind of work with people that you really admire their talent, um, and you kind yeah. of think. You know, I'm lucky to work with these people. Um, in terms of like less cheesy answers, um, I uh, <laughs> no, I'm, but it, it is still a very good answer. Like, there's, there's, I think it's a really healthy team when you have that sort of culture established. Yeah, definitely. I think we're we're, we're lucky, and I hope it continues into the future. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of people uh, that I admire. I think any kind of 
successful game, I kind of think, oh, damn, I might, might those people wish I'd done that. What a great idea. Um, well, so, we'll, so we'll get to that one sort of shortly. I hope there's <laughs> one in particular. Well, I guess, um, and you know, uh, we really, I you know, personally really look up to um, Clay as a company. Who, oh, yeah. You know, um, everything they put out is just such good quality. Um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to meet uh, Jamie, um, who runs Clay a couple of times and gotten advice from him. And um, they just have all the values in the right place. Like they, they don't crunch, they don't hire people for projects and then get rid of them. They keep them on the whole time. And um, every game they produce is just such high quality. You know that if, if they've made it, that it's, it's brilliant. It's going to be brilliant, and it almost always is. Uh, and so, they are definitely um, a company that that I look to um, for kind of you know almost like it'd be great to get get there someday. You know, that's that's kind of look up to them in that way. Where um, they, yeah, they, they are a fantastic studio, um, yeah. and they've been as you say they've been doing it for a long time. They've put out some incredible games from the likes of Don't Starve and Shank earlier on to to the likes of um, obviously we've seen lots of Don't Starve kind of spin offs and and. Um, different skews of that but you know Mar- uh, Mark of the Ninja and there's, yeah. there's a host of games even more recently the likes of Grifflands like they, they just yeah. they're incredible what they're doing over there yeah, um, everything they do they sort of to tends to gold and actually their game Oxygen Not Included has been a big kind of inspiration oh, yeah. for us on, on Cult of the Lamb as well so yeah every, everything they, they do we kind of really look up to well, I guess maybe building on that one, has there been any particularly valuable lessons or experiences you've picked up throughout your time in development? Either things that have helped with previous games or the current one, or again, maybe even some of the behind the scenes stuff in terms of the way the studio goes about its business? That's a really big question. A really good it, question. It can be quite open-ended, yeah. Yeah, there's like a thousand things that kind of rushing through my head and I'm trying to think like, what's the number one thing? Um, I guess with this game, um, we've it's been really really iterative based so like i said a lot of things go on the on the cutting room floor and and often when i talk to other developers of of sort of good studios there it's a similar thing where they they kind of you can't be precious about an idea you've kind of got to chop it if it's not working um but equally bring it back when when because we found it with a lot of stuff like actually the idea that we chopped was good but everything else around it was wrong so um a lot of times we're bringing back in ideas um and so I, I guess like, yeah, trust your teammates, um, build a good team and uh, don't be precious about any ideas or um, who did what. You've got to just kind of all be in it together and be ready to drop ideas and pick up new ideas and try. And we, we have this thing where someone will suggest an idea and you might be thinking like, oh, God, this is ridiculous. But and so you might scrap you never it. know. But you, if you try it, if you take you know a little bit of time to just put, put like a bull in the game to say we're trying this mode. Um, it actually might might be brilliant. So we kind of always say we don't judge it until we've actually played it and tried it. And, and so I guess, yeah, chopping and changing and being ready to, to try things and, and be flexible um, is is kind of the biggest thing that we've taken from this. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes a lot of sense and certainly something that I think applies not just to the, the game development pathway, but across the board. There's, there's lots of things like you've got to be open and receptive to feedback and, and just be willing to experiment. Don't be too bullish about a particular way to do things because there can be better ways there can be different ways things can that may completely surprise you actually resonate in a totally different way they're all this is a logic and an idea that applies across so many different disciplines outside of gaming as well so true definitely um yeah and another one that's just kind of sprung to mind is um having like three kind of key pillars that you write down at the very beginning of your game so this maybe is good for people who like making their first game 
um, <clears throat> having like three core pillars and then every decision you make, you know, does it fulfill one of the three core pillars? And if not, don't, yeah, okay. don't do it. Um, that's another thing we like when we got the, so the game was very kind of nebulous. Um, but when we got the cult thing, we decided like, okay, we're doing a cult thing. And so everything we do has to reinforce the themes of the cult. Um, and so <clears throat> that was another good, good thing to, to kind of take away. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. That's no, really, really cool. Um, some lighter ones as we wrap things up and we kind of alluded to this a moment ago if you could be credited for any game that's ever existed in any capacity so just retroactively add your name into the credits is there a game <laughs> that you'd pick? Um, <laughs> you just that's love weird. to and it, and it can be as simple as special thanks like if you just want to you know, I guess if I trot out an answer lots of people have used in the past you know, a lot of people have spoken about Bioshock for example I'd just love to have been a part of that in some way shape or form because of the, the story or whatever the case happens to be that you know some people pick that um, but even then they just say special thanks will do that's fine <laughs> is there any game that you just wish you could have been in part responsible for I've got like this really cynical idea in my head, which is like Minecraft, and then I could, you know, fly off in a in a private jet and, oh, yeah, and disappear good. somewhere. But take all uh, that notch money. <laughs> yeah. Um, in all seriousness, though, I think um, uh, you know, going back to Clay, I think like Don't Starve would just be a brilliant, brilliant yep. one to to be a part of because they they kind of did something kind of. I kind of feel like it was very beginning of the survival genre, which is gone on and, and like there's been loads and loads of stuff like that and, and i guess it, it, it maybe it is kind of similar to minecraft in a lot of ways but it's um it's just such a brilliant brilliant game and um i love the style and i love how open-ended it is and how sandboxy it is so um games like that and um just kind of any <laughs> any successful indie game i was like oh, wish i was a part of that that that's really cool <laughs> yeah it's fair so you got some got some fomo i think is, is the problem well conversely is there any game that you would love to just be able to replay for the first time. So strike it from your memory, get to re-experience that uh, particular title from scratch as if it never happened. Is there a game that you just love to be able to do that with? Yes, I've got a good answer for this one. Um, Journey. I would love to. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's an I don't, emotional... I don't, I, this, I don't mean this in a, in a kind of uh, harsh way. The answers, That answer's come up a lot. It's oh, has it really? Those, it's, it's one of those games that just resonates on... And perhaps you know, not necessarily surprising within the development scene and everything that game achieved, it's it's an incredible title. So, tell me, what, what what is it about that that I guess just hit you so hard and that you just wish you could do it all over again? Yeah, I think I went into it blind and I had no idea that it was a, it had a multiplayer element to it. I had all no right. idea what it was about, and um, and it's just so magical the way it unfolds and and how unique it is and just visually so striking and. Yeah, like it, like when you when you meet the person, you kind of fly along with them for a while, and then they disappear, and it's just kind of amazing how it kind of really evokes seamless so many emotions in you, um, and how beautiful it is, and 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 the ending as well is just all all just an amazing amazing thing, um, and you, I guess you kind of look to that and you go like, how did they put that together? That's just so beautiful, a real real work of art. Yeah, no, it's one of the one of the closest things to perfection that this game uh, this gaming industry has ever created so i don't think you can ever have something that's quite perfect but that's really really close pretty close yeah, so, yeah fa- fantastic choice well that's that's everything we've got for this episode so thank you so much for coming on and sharing the story so far jay it's been awesome to have you on and to get a little bit of insight into the previous works more current titles in the form of uh, cult of the lamb thanks so much for sharing this journey so far well, thanks for having me. It's been um, it's been a real real pleasure, um, and yeah, and I I look forward to catching up with you again soon. And thank you for having me. It's been um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, the the world is starting to open up again, and uh, as things currently stand, I don't know whether whether you'd actually necessarily make it, but the 
PAX Australia keeps saying, oh, we're, we're back this year. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, for one, believe it when I see it. But <laughs> yeah. um, believe it when I'm actually there, hands-on with someone's game or having a beer at the pub after one night. But um, I'm excited for one day, whenever that happens to be, uh, you coming back over and, and showing off what you're up to and stopping, uh, stopping for a chat that's not necessarily all business. <laughs> that sounds great. great let's do it let's do it um yeah thanks so much this has been a real blast and it's great to be able to talk about cult of the lamb as well yeah um and if people want to see what you and the team are up to learn more about uh the vast quantities of news that might be coming sometime in the near future <laughs> where should people go um i think Twitter is always a good place we're, we're massive monsters on twitter and and also our website is massivemonster.co and what about yourself for anyone who wants to see what you're up to? Um, I'm on I'm on Twitter, but I, I don't use it a whole bunch. So um, I'm, I'm J Max Armstrong on there, but um, I would probably say best bet is, is to go with the Massive Monsters. No, nope, that's fa- fantastic. And uh, I hope people do that. And if you weren't already a fan of Cold of the Lamb after you saw it potentially for the first time at, at um, oh, uh, what am I going? I'm going black. <laughs> Opening Night Live uh, the other year, then please go, go check it out now after this episode and See the see the new uh, trailer. Catch the news; it's coming to consoles. Uh, lots of exciting stuff that's going on, and, and more to come. So, thank you for carving out some time for me amongst this very very busy period. Um, there's a lot going on, so I really appreciate the time you've given me, Jay. Now, thank you. I'm going straight back to uh, fixing some bugs. Um, All right. Well, I won't <laughs> hold you up any longer then. Um, <laughs> listeners, thank you very very much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thanks very much. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until our next episode, however, that's been Jay's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.